You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Family prayer as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to join me, stretch your hands out, and then say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, let's all sing and give honor and glory to God's Word as we say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me just give you the context of what we're going to talk about, okay? Starting today, for two Sundays, okay, we're going to take a break from our current series, Side A, Side B. Why? Because we'd like to talk to you about some very relevant topics. We're going to resume Side A, Side B, second week of May. Okay, so anyway, before I give you the title of our message, let me just ask you this very important question. And I want you to answer in the chat box, okay? What gets you out of bed? What gets you out of bed? Just like that famous coffee commercial or that coffee ad that asks this question in Tagalog, para kanino ka bumabangon? It's a beautiful question. I mean, what gets you out of bed? Can you type your, your answer in the chat box? Is it a dream that you're chasing that gets you up? Is it an obligation that you need to do for that day? Is it a, because you've got a daily schedule to catch? Or maybe you're serving somebody? Or maybe it's a person. Your mom threatening you with eviction if you don't get up. <laughs> See, whatever gets you out of bed, I think that we can all agree that one of the most powerful motivators in life is called hope. Can somebody type that word, hope, H-O-P-E? That's right. So today, I want to talk to you about one of the most powerful gifts from God. And I want to preach this powerful message. I want you to write this down if you've got your writing materials. Here it is. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. If you're physically beside someone right now, I want you to nudge them in the ribs when you, uh, until you hear the, that rib crack. And then I want you to tell them, get your hopes up. <laughs> Amen. See, hope is powerful. Do you agree? Hope is powerful. Remove someone's hope and you'll see how that person dies little by little. But on the other hand, when you fill someone with hope, see that person can hang from the thinnest piece of thread, hanging from a deep side of the cliff, and that person will still find the will to survive. That's because hope gives us the ability to cope from even the worst situations of life. Think about this. Every living thing in this world has the instinct to survive. From the largest species to the smallest organism that you, you can only see through, a, through a, a microscope. Every living thing wants to live. You want proof? I'll give you a proof. Okay, a year after fighting this deadly disease called, or rather virus called COVID-19, it's still here. It's still persisting and plaguing the world. It's like a juice tree 
You know, the first flavor was so successful that it decided to come out with other flavors. I mean, it started with just one variant, but now there's so many. There's the UK variant, the African variant, the Brazilian variant. In fact, we've got our very own variant here in the Philippines. It's called BH3, the last time I checked. They made it sound like a deodorant, so it doesn't sound threatening at all. <laughs> but guess what? It's still the same COVID. I mean, COVID. 19 in 2021 is basically COVID 2020. It's just wearing a different wig. It's just wearing a different wardrobe. You know, it just changed a little bit, but it's still the same COVID. This is evidence that, you know, this virus is adapting in order to survive because every living thing wants to survive. But there is one other species on this planet that has the greatest will to survive. You want to know what species that is? Look in the mirror. See, human beings have existed and persisted since the, the creation of man. I mean, we are survivors. Why? Because we're full of hope. As long as you have hope, you have the power to cope. Okay, so anyway, here's our, our, our word for today. It's from the book of Psalms. If you've got a physical Bible with you, I want you to open it to Psalms chapter uh, 121, verse 1. I love what King David wrote a long time ago. See, David, King David, he was considered Israel's greatest king, of course, before Jesus came. And so David says this. I want you to read this with me. Verse 1, he says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Okay, if you've got a physical Bible, like I said, I want you to underline that last part. My help comes from the Lord. That's beautiful question. What makes a true leader different from other leaders? Here's the answer. A true leader, just like King David, knows that someone will always be greater than him. A true leader, a great leader, knows that he's not the greatest. He humbles himself in the presence of the Almighty God. So let's be like David who knew where his strength, his favor, his wisdom, and his help comes from. Where does it come from? It comes from up above. Yeah, hallelujah. All right, let's pray, everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack this word as we get along uh, in, in this session. But right now, I want you to bow down your heads and I want you to close your eyes if you must. And let's just pray. Father, with an understanding of your word today, we pray that the Spirit would use this to communicate what it is that we're going through. May this word be so personal that the person on the other side of the screen will hear and will feel that it's you speaking, not me, not Brother Audie. May it be your voice that gets translated over the transmission so that when they receive it, they would know that it's personally coming from you. Speak a word, Jesus. We are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, everybody. Let's glorify the Lord and let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, hallelujah. I pray that this message will minister to you. Just in case you're wondering, all right? If you can see it's a different venue, you might be thinking, where is Brother Audi right now? Right now, okay, let me explain. I'm in a place that I consider to be one of my safe places. I'm in my wife's parents' home. So, Mamila, if you're watching this, thank you so much for letting me use your electricity. Just send my, your apos, your apo. Just send Ethan the bill. 
I hope and pray that you are safe also wherever you're watching, that you're also in a safe space, all right? Anyway, today, I want to share with you four powerful characteristics of what a hopeful person is, okay? So if you're in the mood to take notes, take these down, okay? First, a hopeful person is a happy person. Hopeful people are happy people. Okay, what does this mean? What does it mean to be truly happy? Let me qualify. See, I believe that there are people who are happy only for a season. Like for example, they're happy when they get a boyfriend, but after a while, they get bored and then they move on to the next. There, there, there are some people who are happy with a new job today, but after some time, the job becomes routinary and then they lose excitement. But there's another group of people and there are people on the other side of the spectrum, who are not just happy for a season, but they're always happy for a reason. Do you know any, of any people like this? Tag their names right now, okay? So they know that you're, you're honoring them. They can be in a boring career or a rocky relationship and still find a way to be happy. Now, what's their secret? Let me tell you the secret. It's called gratitude. Grateful people are happy people. Do you agree? Type in amen if you agree. Let me tell you something about uh, something I've learned about gratitude, okay? Gratitude is not automatic. See, gratitude is a skill that you practice every day. And parents would know this. Parents, if you're listening to this live stream, hit amen if you can relate to this statement, okay? Being a parent is a thankless job. Come on, can I get an amen from the parent who understands what I mean? It really is. Because the moment your baby is born, what do you do? You clean, you cook, you serve, you wash, you wipe, you play, you carry, you serve that little thing every single day. But do you get a single thank you from that baby? Nothing, nada, zilch. Occasionally, yes, you will get a smile, a cute smile at that, but that's it. Parenting is a thankless job, but here's the thing. As your child grows, you also grow. You learn that it's up to you to teach that child how to say thank you and how to say sorry, how to say please when they, until they get the hang of it, right? That's why saying thank you is something that you teach. It's something that you learn. It's a skill that you enhance over time. And the more that you do it, the more it becomes natural. Gratitude is a conscious decision that you make every day. So if you're not yet in the habit of being grateful, might you start today? If you're physically beside someone, in fact, practice right now, okay? Can you tell the person beside you, thank you for being in my life? Okay, that's so simple. That's the first thing. Hopeful people are happy people. Here's the second characteristic of a hopeful person. Hopeful people are optimistic people. That's right. Now, what is optimism? In the dictionary, optimism is defined as the ability to be confident about a future outcome. Okay, in fact, I, have, I remember a similar word that's almost so close to this. What is that word? It's called faith, right? Faith is also the ability to believe in something that you haven't seen or haven't experienced about a future outcome. So it's practically this one and the same thing. That's why faithful people are optimistic people. Now, big question. How can you tell if a person is an optimist or a pessimist? If that person is positive or negative, okay? I want to show you. Instead of telling you, let me show you. Optimists are usually people who wear sunglasses, okay? Why? Because these are people who easily get blinded by constantly looking at the brighter side of life. <laughs> 
That's what an optimist is, all right? These are people who find light even in the darkest tunnel because they have a faith and a hope that says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's so encouraging to somebody. See, one of the symbols of hope is what? It's light. Light represents also none other than Jesus himself. I mean, in John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. That's why if you cannot find light in your situation right now, and it's all darkness and loneliness and despair, I want you to ask yourself this question. How's my relationship with Jesus? How's my relationship with him? Could it be possible that because you have disconnected yourself from the source of light, Jesus himself. That's the reason why you struggle to see and find the positive side of your life today. What do you need to do? Connect with him today. The amazing promise in the book of John is that Jesus says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus wants to give you light, my friend. He wants to give you hope. So again, hopeful people are optimistic people. All right, I hope that this is blessing you. Here's the third characteristic of a hopeful person. Hopeful people are characterized by the peace that's within them. So in other words, hopeful people are peaceful people. Okay, let me explain this. There is one command in the Bible that's written over a hundred times. It's repeated again and again and again. And chances are some of you already know this. Would you like to know what it is? Just in case you don't know. Here it is. Do not be afraid. Right? In fact, some people even say that do not be afraid is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. That's amazing. It's as though God is reminding us to not be afraid every single day. Okay? It's a very nice thing to hear, right? I mean, 365 do not fear reminders every single day of the year. But actually, that's not entirely accurate because the count varies depending on the Bible version. The King James alone version, okay? The King James Version alone. It only counts to maybe just a little over 100. It doesn't even reach 365. The other versions, it counts more. It counts less than that. But here's the thing. I don't think that that's the point that people are saying because the point is, it should be more than enough that God would just tell it to us once. But why does God repeat it again and again and again? Here's my theory. Because God is so smart. God knows that saying it once is not enough. Why? Because God knows that we are forgetful, we're stubborn, we don't listen, right? The first instinct that happens whenever fear comes into our life is what? We panic, we get worried, we become afraid, we get rattled. I mean, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That's why I think about this. It's not a surprise that every single time an angel of the Lord appeared before a human being in the Bible, the first thing that the angel, or even Jesus said this many times, what would they say? Do not be afraid. Why? Because they know that we as humans have a tendency to panic first. And I want you to know that, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. So it's okay if you're afraid on the initial reaction in a bad situation. I mean, look at this. Even Jesus himself at one point in his earthly life was, was afraid. Did you know that? Okay, let me prove it to you. While Jesus was agonizing in the garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood, he spoke to God the Father. He says, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. 
you know, this shows us the humanity of Jesus. I mean, Jesus, just like you and me, Jesus was negotiating the cross. Just like you, whenever you negotiate with your parents, with your dad, if you don't want to do what he wants you to do. So to paraphrase, if Jesus were alive today, Jesus would be like, uh, Father God, um, instead of the cross, uh, could we, we just maybe do a, a concert or, or maybe a fundraiser or maybe a little raffle? <laughs> That's what Jesus was doing. He was negotiating the cross. But, you know, historically, this is one of very few moments where we see Jesus actually questioning the will of the Father. But here's the most important part. In the end, what happened? Jesus says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Okay, that's so important. And I want to tell you this. Don't beat yourself up if your first reaction to trouble is to panic. Because like I said, it's human nature, just like how you saw Jesus do it. I want you to know that being faithful has nothing to do with not panicking. Faithfulness is not the absence of panic in your life, but instead faithfulness is the presence of God's peace that's greater than your panic. Okay, so apply it this way in your life. The moment panic comes, peace should follow. Okay, in other words, your panic should transition to peace. After you worry, your worship should follow. Okay, St. Paul says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. I remember this powerful thing that one of our leaders always say, his name is Butch Jugueta. Whoever, um, whenever uh, Brother Butch comes across a difficult challenge in his mission, in his ministry, he, he always says this in Tagalog. He says, Kung si Lord ang nagpagawa niyan, siya dapat ang bahala dyan. Okay? In English, let me translate in case you are a foreigner. In English, he says, if God called you to do it, let him worry about it. See, that removes so much pressure from you, right? I believe that there are things in this world that only belong to God's control, okay? There are things that only belong to God's area of responsibility. Sometimes we like to take everything upon ourselves. We take on God's role, but remember that you are God's child. Let God be the father that he is. Never forget that. And so Paul also adds something very powerful. He says this, that when you do this, when, you, when, you don't, when you're not anxious, in verse 7, Paul says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. I think that the reason why people lose their mind and lose their heart is simply because God's peace is absent in their life. How many of you want God's peace? A peace that transcends all human understanding. This is, this is the kind of peace that doesn't make sense to you and me. For instance, you can be in the most chaotic environment at home or in your company and yet still have deep peace within just like Jesus sleeping in the middle of a raging storm. You want that kind of peace? Anchor your hope in the Lord and He will give you that peace. So again, hopeful people are what? They're peaceful people. Okay, here's the fourth and the last characteristic of what a hopeful person is. Write this down. Hopeful people are expectant people. Amen to that. Okay, when I hear that word expectant, the first thing that comes into my head is that I'm reminded of a pregnant mother. Like someone 
when, whenever they get pregnant, they, they declare, we're expecting. And then they wait for nine months for the baby to develop and then be born into the world. And you know what? That's usually the tough part when you're waiting. For most people, waiting can be torture. Waiting can be excruciating. Do you agree? How many of you are waiting on God for something in your life, a big miracle that you have been praying to God and it's taking some time for you to wait? Perhaps you're waiting on a job. You're waiting on a promotion. You're waiting, you're waiting for a visa application. You're waiting for, for example, a spouse. Or some of you might be waiting for a baby. Or perhaps you're waiting in line for the COVID vaccine to be available to you. Sometimes waiting can be excruciating, right? Especially if what you're waiting for is nowhere in sight. There's no indication or any proof that your prayers are about to be answered. You're, you're not even sure if God is listening. Let me tell you our story, okay? My wife and I, we waited for four years to get pregnant. It was one of the most difficult challenges of our married life, seeing other people deliver a baby one after the other, just like a factory. <laughs> well, you know, we struggled even manufacturing one. It was always out of stock in Lazada. And it was hard, you know, year after year, waiting, nothing, waiting, nothing, waiting, nothing. By the end of the third year, we were, we were tired of this pattern. We were so close to giving up the idea of having a child. But you know what? Instead of giving up, we surrendered and bowed down to God's will. See, that's what you need to do. Don't give up. Instead, give it up to the Lord. Okay? So we said, Lord, right now, we are deciding that we're going to be happy. Even if you don't bless us with a child, God, we expect that you will bless us one way or the other because we believe that you will bless us in different ways. And let me tell you this. It's only in God's kingdom where surrender is not a loss but it's actually a step towards victory. Because a few days after that, I said yes to serving the Lord as a preacher, in our, as a builder in our spiritual family. And you know what? I will never really fully understand God's mysterious ways, but I, I know this one thing, that miracles happen when you surrender to God's will. Because a month later, we got pregnant. We announced to the world, and you know this, our son, Ethan, He's here with us, four years old already. Uh, sorry, he's, yeah, he's 34 this year. We have trusted God so many times, even if we didn't know what God was doing, we just believed that God was moving. Do you believe that God is moving? Let me give you this analogy, okay? How do you know if God is moving? One day, cloudy afternoon that day, a little boy was flying a kite so high, so high that the kite was above the clouds. And so an old man was passing through. And he saw that little boy holding this piece of string. And then he asked him, little boy, what are you doing? And the little boy says to the old man, uh, sir, I'm flying a kite. And the man looked up and he looked around, but he couldn't see a kite. And so he, he says to the boy, how do you know if your kite is really up there? And the boy, the boy smiles at him and listen to this. He says, sir, every once in a while, I feel a little tug on the string that's how I know that my kite is still there. In the same way, my friend, I know you cannot see nor touch God. But if you have faith, every so often you will feel a tug in your heart. Have you ever felt that tug in your heart? That's God telling you that He's right there. Hallelujah. So to close, a quick recap. A hopeful person is a happy person. Somebody who is also optimistic. A hopeful person is also somebody who is peaceful, but he's also somebody who is expectant. Look at that. H-O-P-E, -E, hope. 
let me close on this point, okay? Because I feel like somebody has been listening to this message and you've been struggling in this season. I cannot imagine how much you have lost during this pandemic. Some of you lost a job. Some of you lost an opportunity. Some of you lost some time. Some of you even lost a loved one. But one of the worst things that you can ever, ever lose in this world is hope. How many of you lost some hope? Come on, give me a virtual hands up. You lost some hope? It's excruciating to see somebody lose hope. And in case you are running on empty, on hope, let me encourage you, okay? A few years ago, my wife and I, we were watching this, this, uh, you know, this movie that we always watch during Holy Week, The Passion of the Christ, okay? And there is this one scene, one of the bloodiest scenes that you will probably see in human cinema, the scourging of the pillar. Remember that scene where the Roman soldiers would, would, would tear the flesh off of Jesus? During this time, my wife started squirming and then she asked if we could skip that scene. And you know what I told her? I told her, um, but you already know the ending, love. Remember, Jesus wins. I mean, he walks out of that tomb. You know, I cannot help but say the same thing to you today. I know you're getting worked up over the outcome of that difficult situation that you're in. And you might be thinking, could we just skip the scene, Lord? I mean, is there a way that you could let this cup pass from me? Could we please fast forward to the good part already, Lord? Guess what? I got a spoiler alert for you. Check this out. This will end your stress, your worry, and your anxiety. Are you ready? Okay, here it is. In the end, God wins. Hallelujah. In the end, God wins. When you flip through the last pages of this book of promises, you will know that in the end, God wins. So, Stop getting worked up over that thing because in the end, God will work out everything. You might be in your good Friday right now when all hope seems lost, when night seems to be at its darkest, but never ever forget that we're Easter people. Hopeful people are Easter people. See, our hope is not found in this broken world. It's not found in broken people, but our hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. He who over came the world. So here's what you need to do. Get your hopes up. David says it one more time. I'll repeat it. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Uh-uh. My help comes from the Lord who makes heaven and earth. Don't rely your hope from people. Don't rely it from your neighbor. Don't rely it from your best friend. Don't even rely it from your leaders, but rely only from the Lord. Get it from the one who sits on the heavenly throne. Get your hopes up. Somebody type it in right now. Get your hopes up. See, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the story of a God who entered into a broken world that's infected with a virus called hate and bitterness and shame and sin. So God in the form of man, what did he do? He lived among the sick people, not wearing a protective suit, not wearing a face mask, not even wearing a face shield. He breathed the same air as we all do. He, he slept under the same sky as we all do. He ate the same food just like we did. And here's the thing. He also died in isolation, just like some people that you know. He was rejected just like you and me, but God experienced it through Jesus, how to experience pain just like you. So if you are wondering, does God know my pain? 
He does. He was rejected by men. The cornerstone, the, 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 the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone. He experienced pain. So Jesus knows your pain. And you know what? He endured all of that. Why? In order that he might give this sick world the antidote to this virus called sin. What is it called? It's called salvation. It's called everlasting life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, they will live even after dying. Come on, this is good news for somebody. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Think about it. If God had no hope in this world, He would have already destroyed it by now. But we're still here because it would be so easy, just like Thanos snapping his finger. That's how God would destroy the world. But instead, in His boundless mercy and compassion, God saved it through Jesus Christ. Jesus saved you and me. This is proof that God loved you even before you loved Him back. He made His mercy available to you even before you said sorry, even before you apologized. Now, how do you respond to a love this great? You simply receive it. Open your arms and embrace that love. Let it change you, my friend. Today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Come back to His glorious light. Stop living in darkness, my friend. Choose the light. Every step that you take closer, God's light shines brighter. Hope becomes clearer. Are you ready to receive God's hope? Are you ready to receive it from up above? If you are, then let's pray. Bow down your heads. Father, thank you for your immeasurable love. We do not understand the length that you took in order to reclaim us and to restore us back to the fullness of life. But Father, there is somebody here who has never fully accepted your love. They've never embraced it. And I pray that you open their hearts right now, remove the blockages and anything that stands in your way, melt it with your love, burn it with your love, Jesus. Let it penetrate and pierce them in the deepest cores of their being that it will cost them healing and restoration and recovery. We accept you, Jesus, and we love you. In your name, we pray. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.